0: Unique, yet common-sense opinions on sports, this is Jeff Allen's Sports Talk. And once again, we thank you for listening. Coming up on this episode, we will talk to Stephen Cameron. He is with the Close-Up Magic website and podcast. As the NBA gets set to return from the All-Star break, we will talk to Stephen about all things Orlando Magic and NBA. He is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a couple of moments. But first, whoo, Ryan Newman. How lucky is he? Uh, just a devastating crash at the end of the Daytona 500. And everybody feared for the worst. It was a just as far as it goes. You look at the, the footage of that crash. It is scary to look at. And it's a miracle that he is alive and not seriously injured or beyond that, because that had all the makings of that. And I go back and I blame NASCAR for this. What they do on these super speedways is just not good. They want this bump drafting. They want everybody in the, in the mix and all this does at the end of the race is create massive wrecks it takes an hour or more to finish the last you know 20 laps of a race because you can you can deny it all you want but often I see you know wrecks happening because oh a teammate is uh, up front and oh we might need a caution to help him get back up there uh, let's nudge this guy and get a little thing going I think that happens. The conspiracy theorist did me. And this just sets up these potentials for these horrific, nasty crashes. All trying to get that photo finish. Every race does not have to be a photo finish. If this is what the NASCAR fans want, the sport would not be in the decline that it is in. But they're not going to listen to their fan base. Your NASCAR late 90s, early 2000s had really found some ground. Still a niche sport, but was getting on the outer periphery of the mainstream. And now all their big stars have gone and... They've got all this, you know, they're all racing basically the same car. It doesn't matter what the brand name of the car is, it's they're all they're all racing the same thing. And the product is suffering. And boy, it was glorious to you know, the more we didn't hear about Ryan Newman, you really feared it was something really, really bad. But you see the photos out on Instagram and He's leaving with his kids, hold their hands. And thankfully, he is still able to do that. No thanks to NASCAR. All right, it is our pleasure once again to welcome to the podcast the man behind the CloseUpMagic.com and the Close Up Magic podcast, Stephen Cameron is here with us once again. Stephen, how are you this evening?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing really good. It's a pleasure to be back on the show and uh, talk a little bit about basketball.
0: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I feel, you know, the last time you were on the show, you I think you were just getting uh, your expansion plans underway and, uh, and beefing up uh, the website and all that good stuff. How's that going for you?
1: You know, honestly, it's been going great. So, we were just getting going this past summer when you and I had first talked, and since then, we got a team of writers, a really strong group of writers that are working with us. we got a couple other little basketball sub thread podcasts going on as well called the Magical Boogaloo and the Pick and Rock and Roll podcast. They're all magic-related just from different fan perspectives and and different contributor perspectives. And, but mostly we're pushing a lot of written content right now. We've had a couple of articles go up recently. One, looking at... Um, you know, Coach Clifford and what he's bringing with the team. Another one with, uh, you know, with the recent dunk contest with Aaron Gordon in it. And we're just continuing to try to bring a fan's perspective in covering Magic Basketball. And then, of course, we have uh, the Close-Up Magic podcast where I'm bringing on, um, you know, guests of either, you know, other media members that cover the NBA. Recently, we had Roy Perry of the Orlando Sentinel on. And, him and I chatted about the Magic. Um, you know, we've had some players in the past. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun show to get along and it, 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 to, to listen to, and, and I enjoy doing it. Hopefully the fans enjoy listening and,
0: and reading. Yeah, and you guys uh, definitely do a great job bringing some uh, terrific content out there. By the way, I, uh, I you guys had also started to get uh, credentialed a little bit to cover the Magic and all that. Yeah. So, 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 so tell me a little bit now, in this day and age, does the traditional media type, do do they do they kind of give you uh, do, you know give the podcasters the cold shoulder or are they pretty much warmed up now to to, to what's going on around them
1: so i've i've personally had a lot of warmth uh, when it comes to interacting with other media members that are more traditional writers and tv personalities um, and even just the Orlando Magic Public Relations Department, I've had a great experience working with all of them and had nothing but welcomes coming from them. So I think it's been a lot more accepting. Now, granted, right when we started applying and talking to the Magic, we were expanding into writing and already had to plant in, in written form, so that might have helped a little bit. Um, but I do know another Orlando Magic podcast called the Orlando Magic Podcast, uh, both of Andy Harrington and Steve Garland, They run that uh, podcast, and they also have had some media credentials throughout this past season as well. So uh, podcasters are getting some more love. It's great.
0: Yeah, that is definitely terrific news there. And so you've had a few days to think about it uh, after the Slam Dunk Contest in which Aaron Gordon was just totally robbed of being the Slam Dunk Champion. Have you simmered down any at all?
1: Uh, You know, it, it took me a couple days, but I'm... I'm back and I'm I'm kind of I'm still annoyed when I think about it, but you know it's I, I can't be annoyed with Aaron Gordon and I can't be annoyed with Derek Jones Jr. I'm annoyed with the system on how the judging went down and just kind of think the scoring system needs a revamp. Um, I'm not nearly as heated as I was a few days ago. I can now talk about it without getting upset. But um, you know I agree with you. I agree with the fans. Uh, yeah, Dave Jones Jr. had a great contest, so did Aaron Gordon, but the judging system is flawed, and Aaron Gordon should have won that
0: show. Yeah. Plain and, and simple. Yeah, and as he said, he should have two uh, uh, of those should. dunk trophies, and, and, and you know, and to me, what, what, and again, it doesn't take anything away from his competition, but, you know, he had, the couple of his dunks, the one even that had the had the windmill work to it, to me, when you can almost hardly describe the dunk, that's an amazing dunk. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. It was insane. That's one of the best dunks I've ever seen. And the, the truth is, Aaron Gordon now is the most 50-point dunker in the NBA as far as who's competed in a dunk contest. He has fifty. Or sorry, he has eight 50-point dunks. Uh, the next closest people all have seven. So, um, you know, it says something when, when you have that many 50-point dunks in a dunk contest. And even at that point, he hadn't even had... They dunk lower than 50 points until that last dunk. Um, you know there was some controversy with the judging. They wanted to make it a tie. Someone messed up with the voting. I'll let the fans decide if they believe any of that or not. Uh, but truth of the matter is, I think Aaron Gordon should have two championship trophies. Um, but you know what? I do have to say, as nice it would be to see Aaron Gordon win the dunk contest, I'd much rather see Aaron Gordon. Help us win a, a first round playoff series um, and, and walk away with that, than a dunk contest. Yeah. Uh, dunk contests are great to get media attention and bring some publicity to the Magic. But I'm ready to win some basketball games.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess you know the other things that, that can be thought about as far as the dunk contest is you know the the judging. Should they do fractional scoring? Uh, you know, all sorts of different things have been floated out there. Uh, do you think fan yeah. voting should be a part of it?
1: You know, they're used to. I know they used to have fans a part of it um, back in the day, and there was controversy with that. And then it's you know, fans aren't athletes; they're not analysts. They don't you know they don't know how to judge uh, a dunk. But you know, you gotta have some form of of fan involvement. I think that's what makes part of the All-Star Weekend fun. That's how part of the All-Star selection is even made by the fans being voted. I, you know, maybe anyone in attendance is on an app and they can, they can vote off the replay, something like that, and that can go towards scoring. Um, you know, I, I do think there still should be a panel of Athletes that understand the difficulty of what is being done on part of the voting system. But yeah, get the fans involved. Anything other than what it currently is, because what it's currently at is not working.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we're about to get uh, back into the flow of the season after the long, lengthy All Star break. The Orlando Magic, you know, sitting at uh, 24 and 31, holding down the eighth seed so far. I believe it's a three-game lead over the Wizards. Um, you know, and I don't know that anybody in the right mind thinks the Wizards are going to be able to make a run at, run at this, but you can't take anything for granted. Um, how do you feel like this season is going compared to last year?
1: Um, I will be straight. This season has been a little bit more of a disappointment than last year. So we haven't had the help that we did last year. Last year was a very lucky season where we had very, very little injuries, particularly to our starters the entire year. This year, we're missing Jonathan Isaac already. Nikola Vucevic has had injury. Um, TJ Augustine has had injury. Evan Fournier, I think, was out for a few games. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Almost every single one of our key players has missed time. Um and and that that really affects how the players can get into a rhythm with each other get um you know get flows going on on the court i'm not saying that's an excuse for their performance but it definitely a, has not been in their favor with how many injuries they've had particularly with the blow of jonathan isaac with you know they're not coming out and saying it but it's basically they i don't think they have plans to bring him back in the season whether we're in the playoffs or not um which is unfortunate because is really fun to watch um you know, there, there's been some regression to a certain, to a couple of players, which has been extremely disappointing. Some regression to Nikola Vucevic, and um, in some ways, DJ Augustin, and um, it's just, it's not. or oh, particularly Terrence Ross is having a really bad year as well. And it's, it's one when these guys are not having great years, it makes basketball hard to watch. Um, we are not a great shooting team. And last year we were a really – I'm not going to say a great shooting team, but we were about a league average shooting team. And when the ball is dropping from the three-point line and from on the court, it makes it a lot more viewable to watch as a player, I mean as a fan. And this year we're, just, we're seeing a lot more misses than makes right now. And it's, you know, the lack of having a go-to guy that can kind of help us out when we really need a bucket, all that together not having – uh, is really making it difficult to watch as a fan and even a media member um, that covers the team to to, to enjoy basketball. So yeah, I, I'm disappointed. One, we're not winning as much as I thought we were going to. And two, it's not fun to watch at the moment. So it's, it's we're in a difficult spot. I think it can get better. Um, but comparing this year to last year, um, yeah, definitely. I had higher expectations this year than last year. So They haven't met my expectations, but I also built my expectations off of their performance last year, if that
0: makes sense. Yeah, and they really haven't been to go on one of those great runs where you win like 8 out of 10 or something along those lines to really kind of kickstart things. And would you say that, you know, how big is the impact of Jonathan Isaac's entry? I think it's a huge impact on the team personally.
1: I, I, I think it's one of the biggest impacts that, is, that has happened this season. I think it's bigger than Terrence Ross not having a good shooting year. He was the anchor to our defense in so many ways. He helped cover, cover up some of Nikola Vucevic's defensive flaws, and, and now that we don't have him... Um, it's, it's, it's really making things a little bit more difficult. Now, Aaron Gordon is doing a pretty good job defensively helping out there, but they were doing some weird lineups for a while with Ken Burge at the four, with Aaron Gordon at the three, and just things seemed clunky. We, didn't, we don't have that same type of wing defense um, that we have with, with Jonathan Isaac out there being able to really guard two through five, and it's, it's really hurt our team. Um, also, he was starting to get a little bit better with his shooting, so he was, a, he was beginning becoming more of a threat from the three-point line, and he was starting to have a lot more offensive, um, offensive, uh, positive nights. Where you know, I think he has—I'm I'm going off the top of my head—but I think he has like five or six games already this season where he had twenty-point games. Where last year, I think he had one. Um, so you know, it's he was really starting to find his place offensively and yeah not having that is really just putting a, a curveball in, in what the match had planned this season um, they were really planning for him to be a major part of this team's success so it's it's not helping but i do you mentioned about the magic going on a run and i want to pause there for a second the Magic have what is considered the third easiest remaining strength of schedule, which means it's very possible for this team to go on that run and start gathering eight out of ten wins and and making this um, a more winning experience, which would be which is what the team needs. And I don't know if you heard, but Kyrie Irving on the Nets is going to be out for the remainder of the season with shoulder-ending surgery. Um, and that really helps us out a lot. So I think the Magic have a chance to not only be in the playoffs, but possibly be the seventh seed, which is a really good thing with how the season is playing out right now.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, you look at the Magic and you see they have a lot of nice pieces. A lot, you know, a lot, a lot of interchangeable pieces, right? And, you know, and if they get you know the playoffs for a second straight year, which you know they want to keep that momentum going because of the the long drought that we did not make the playoffs. But you know, at some point, they got to get a dude, you know, that can carry the carry the load. You, 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 they do, yeah. So, how do you think that uh, comes about?
1: So here is the thing, Jeff. We not to everyone right at some point. You know, the basketball NBA rules says you have a cap on this team. Um, you know, as far as you're spending on that, what you can spend on players. And we got a couple of players named Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz that are going to get paid in the next year or two, depending if they sign an extension or just re-up on their contract the year afterwards. Um, at some point, you got to figure out who you want to pay and what players are going to contribute to winning basketball. I think we've seen what this team is with players as far as Nikola Vucevic and Ivan Fournier leading the way, and it's becoming... Blaringly clear that this team can't just keep rolling it back, hoping for health and players will have career years over and over again. At some point, they need to go out and find that guy, um, or put the put the you know as younger kids say, put the keys in the right player's hands. Give the keys to Martell Folts and Jonathan Isaac, unless and in and, you know Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier to see if either they can be that guy well, they need to trade and go find that guy. Um, I think it's somewhat a combination of both. I think this summer is going to be a very big telling summer for the front office. Um, I think if they roll back the same core of players next year, people are going to be very upset, and this team is just going to, continue to have the same struggle it's had for a very long time. Um, So this summer, in my opinion, is the summer to strike and go after someone in a trade. There's not a lot of cap flexibility um, teams out there this summer, so I think the trade market's going to be pretty active. And the Magic have a lot of good players, but we don't have a lot of great players. And, um, you know, we can probably turn a good player or two with some picks uh, into a great player that can help be that team's go-to guy, as I like to call them. So, um, you know, it's not an easy situation that this front office is in. We're in a small market that free agents aren't particularly attracted to unless they are a winning team. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of cap flexibility as far as going out and being able to find someone. So what they have to do is either draft someone and bring them up or go out and make a trade. My opinion is let's go out and get a trade because if we keep um, trying to live in the draft, we're never going to be that team. So um, that that's my opinion. But I'm not a GM, and I'm glad I'm not making this decision because it's very difficult. Who do you flip? Do you put in one of our younger protected players like Marcel Fultz or Bomo Bamba or someone like that with Aaron Gordon or Evan Forme To be able to grab a, you know, Jay McCollum, Bradley Beal, whatever next circle superstars on the market that is asking for a trade type may be. So it's complicated, but to me this is the summer you really need to watch the front office and see how they manage it. Um, I would think it'll be a big disappointment and a potential failure of a summer if they roll back the same team.
0: So essentially a critical offseason for the front office.
1: Yeah, in my opinion,
0: this is this is the season I, I'm watching them the closest. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about Markel Foltz. I mean, when this trade happened a year ago, we knew it wasn't going to have any impact on last season. It raised a few eyebrows, but this is definitely a move that has definitely paid off. And, and to, to watch how Markel Foltz has uh, gotten healthy and become such a nice contributor to this team has been quite a story.
1: It really has. Um you know, Markel Fultz, is, with how up and down the season has been for Magic, one rise in performance on the court, Markel Fultz has been that consistent signing spot, even after the Isaac injury, on just, we have something fun to watch when the ball is in his hands. And the way he gets to the basket, the way um, he moves around players and just passes the ball, he's a passing wizard. Um, he is just so fun to watch and has tremendous upside potential and is really reminding a lot of people what um, you know why he was drafted number one. Well will Mark Al ever meet that all star number one draft pick player that he once was? I don't know. But do I know he's got a lot of upside and could be know, a key factor in this magic team going forward? Yeah. Do I think this is one of the best trades uh, the Magic have ever done as far as what they gave up and what they got in return, definitely. Possibly even in the NBA's eyes. Um, I don't know too many people that gave around a couple second-round picks in an expiring player for um, you know the kind of performance we're getting from Markel Phillips right now.
0: Yeah, definitely has been a great story. And, uh, Stephen, again, you guys do a great job uh, uh, giving the fan perspective on the Orlando Magic Let the folks know uh, how they can follow you guys on social media.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we have a pretty active Twitter page. We are at TheCloseUpMagic. We run that one pretty frequently. You can also find me. I am at Stephen0610 on Twitter. I'm pretty active during the basketball season and always excited to take basketball with anyone who uh, wants to follow us or or hit us up on, on Twitter. We do have a Instagram page, not super active, hopefully that will get a little bit more active in the future, but at The Close-Up Magic, and our website, www.thecloseupmagic.com. We post articles pretty regularly, and um, you know, we're, we're always trying to top basketball and, and give fans a different perspective than just the traditional media outlet that covers the team a little bit differently.
0: All right, Stephen, well, it was a pleasure to have you on once again, and you you keep up the great work with uh, the Close-Up Magic. Appreciate it.
1: Jeff, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Anytime.
0: And before we go, we turn to news from the National Football League. The push for the 17-game season has hit high pitch. And I am not on board with this. You old fuddy-duddy, come on, man. Now, in order to do 17, you got to cut the preseason, which they are now saying they're going to do. Whether it be from 4 down to 2, or even down to 1. In all honesty, the preseason is just a colossal waste of time. They should just get rid of it altogether. And start week one just like they do in college. So now they want to add the extra game. And now they want to add extra playoff teams. Am I? gosh, I did go Jim more there. Playoff. <laughs> so that 14 teams would now be in the NFL playoffs. Don't water down the product. To me, I think the 16-game season in its current form is plenty lengthy enough. And we separate who the good teams are. And there's, no matter how many teams you are in the playoffs, there's always going to be somebody on the edge of the outside looking in. But this is the way it's going to be. If you had 20 teams in the playoffs, it'd be the same thing. I like the number where it's at right now. Proposed changes would take place of adding the playoff teams this year. They would not be able to do the 17-game season until 2021. So the NFL and the Players Union will continue to negotiate but it sounds like it's coming whether we want that train to come to the station or not it will be upon us as always we thank you for listening and please we ask you to not only share the podcast uh, you know like us wherever you get us and uh, by all means subscribe we'd love to have you if you're not a regular subscriber Please do join the family. We would love to have you. And with that, we are done here. L-V-E dot net.